Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we're, we're going through in our morning series here, going through the book of Philippians, and one of the theme things that come out of Philippians is joy, the joy that you can have in Jesus. So we thought we would enter into this series talking about living beneath the surface. Now, what do you mean by that, living beneath the surface? Well, here's the thing. The reality is, is that you can come to church and that's all it is. Church is just you coming, sitting in a pew, giving, maybe getting involved. And that's all your Christianity is because you're just something else the rest of the week. And that's called living on the surface. Because you just only have scratched the surface about what Christianity is. Because you haven't gotten any deeper in your life with him. And for a lot of us, we don't know what that means. We don't even know how to get there. Well, that's why we're going through this letter. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you and I were created to live beneath the surface. You were created to have an intimate relationship with the living God. How did that happen? Through Jesus dying on the cross. He died so that you could have a meaningful life with him beneath the surface of just church. And I'm hoping that's why you're here is because you, wanna, you want something more. In fact, that, we talked about that last week. If you entered in this place with no expectation of anything, you're not going to get anything. But hopefully you entered into this place expecting God to do something in your life. Now we're going to look at how do we start living beneath the surface. Well, we're going to address an issue today that, to be honest with you, cripples us so that we don't. The issue that we're going to talk about today is the number one issue why many people don't go deeper in their relationship with Jesus. It's the number one issue of why most folks live on the surface. In fact, it's the number one issue why a lot of folks who live on the surface end up leaving, end up saying, adios, I'm out of here. If this is what it is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. What in the world are you talking about, George? It's called suffering. It's called going through difficult times. It's called going through the stuff that happens to you. If God would allow that or if God didn't intervene, why would I want to have anything to do with God? And so you leave. And I've seen that over the years. People get excited for God all of a sudden for a moment. And then all of a sudden problems happen. And first of all, they're shocked that problems are happening. I don't know why we're shocked when problems happen. And then they're gone. You never see them again. And they're mad at God. We're crippled. Here's two things I want you to see about being crippled. Struggles and difficulties often hinder us from living beneath the surface. Struggles and difficulties often hinder us from living beneath the surface. A lot of you can't, and I've been there, we can't get into a deeper walk with God when we're going through the midst of our struggle because we get offended. We get hurt. We start to question. And a lot of that, can I be honest with you, is not wrong. That's natural. All you have to do is read the book of Job. 
The book of Job is an amazing book to read, especially if you're going through something because you can find yourself really resonating, really understanding what Job's going through. Because Job's expressing the pain of his heart and he's wondering where God is. When you and I are in the midst of our problems, that's the first thing we want to know is, is where are you, God? Why is this happening to me? Why are you letting this happen to me? So the struggles and the difficulties often hinder us from going deeper because we're like, I don't know if I want to go deeper. Or we get distracted. In fact, that's my second point I want you to see here is that it's our reaction. The issue is our reaction to the struggles and the difficulties we face. That's what keeps us on the surface. It's how we react. The issue is, is our reaction to the struggles and the difficulties. It's how you react to the stuff that happens. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. When you blame God, that says something. When you blame God, that says something. So let me just go ahead and tell you. First of all, the scripture tells us that God does no evil. He does not create evil. He does no evil. He doesn't cause people to sin. He never sins. God's actions always to you will always be just and loving. Because some of you have gone through, listen to me, some of you have gone through some tremendous, horrible things in your life. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now, it didn't come from God. And just as it broke your heart, it broke God's heart too. And he never created this world so that you could go through what you went through. Remember now, he created a perfect world, remember? Remember? But see, what keeps us on the surface is how we react to it. And here's what happens. I see this all the time. When stuff happens in our life that is difficult, when struggles come that are difficult in our life, it will either draw you closer to God or draw you away from God. Now, I'd like to say that with most Christians, it draws them closer. But I can't. My experience has been that only a few draw closer and the majority are drawn away. I'm just being honest with you. Why, George? Why is that true? Because most live on the surface. Most live on the surface of their relationship with him. Church, to most people, is just one hour on Sunday morning or maybe the occasional function that they go to. So that when the devastating thing happens, they don't know how to handle it. But see, if we're going to get beneath the surface, if we're going to live beneath the surface where God created us to be in an intimate relationship with him, we've got to gain a new perspective, listen to me, a new perspective on the suffering that happens in our life. Living beneath the surface requires a new perspective on suffering. That's the third point. So let me just stop for a moment. I want everybody to understand. I want you to understand bad things happen to people, right? Bad things happen to people. You go to the doctor for your checkup. He comes back. He tells you something you don't want to hear. Bad stuff happens, doesn't it? Engines go out. Relationships break up. Terrible things happen. And they do happen. The question is, is how do you respond to it? It will either drive you away from God or drive you closer to God. Stuff happens. But if we're going to start living beneath the surface, if we're going to start living beneath the surface, you've got to gain a new perspective. How do we gain the new perspective? Well, let's look at an example. 
the example we're going to find in verse 12 through 18 of Philippians. It's the Apostle Paul himself. He's going to talk about some difficulties that he's going through. In fact, let me tell you about the difficulties he's going through. He's in prison. He's confined for the gospel by the Romans. And he's going to share a little bit about what he's going through for the gospel. And from that, we're going to see some lessons for you and I. So let's look at this together. Let's look at this passage, first of all, verses 12 through 18. And then we're going to see the example to follow. Notice what he says here. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it became evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, have become more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice and will rejoice. Now we're going to see, folks, here, see an example to follow. First thing, look at verse 12. It's almost amazing what he says. He's, he's in prison because of the gospel. He's in prison because he's living his life for the Lord. He's in prison because he's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And look at what he says about it. If you and I were writing, we'd say, I can't believe this is happening to me. Why am I just following you, God? Why is this happening to me? We, that's us, wouldn't it? That would be me. Look at what he says. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. What's he saying here? Look at what he's saying here. Paul looked beyond his suffering to the greater work of God. Paul looked beyond his suffering to the greater work of God. See, you and I, remember I already said, if it was me, I'd be like, what am I going to can't believe this is happening to me. Paul didn't spend his time in pity. Paul looked at everything he was going through and realized that there was something greater happening. See, if you and I are going to get a new perspective, we need to realize that. You've got to look beyond the stuff that you're going through. Because listen to me. It's life. I mean, I'm 51 years old, and I can tell you, as I think back in my 51 years to the time that I can remember something, I can't remember a time without problems. Can you? Can you remember a time where there was no difficulties? See, you, if you think about your life, suffering is a part of our lives. So, but here's what we do. Every time it happens, we're like, oh, why does this happen? This is something new. It isn't new. Now, maybe the problem's new, but the fact that you're enduring this world, that isn't new. What is new is whether or not you choose to look at it in a different way than you normally do. Our normal way is, oh, 
but you need to look at it from a different perspective. In fact, here's the principle. Here's what I want you to see. Living beneath the surface requires you to look beyond your present suffering to God's work in your life. To look beyond your suffering to God's work in your life. Let me just stop for a moment. I'm going to be a little bit intimate with you. As you know, you know, I've been here 16 years as your pastor. And, but this isn't my first church. This is my second church. My first church was in Canada. It was a Baptist church in Canada. And I pastored there for four years. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It was like four years in the fire. It was four years of the most difficult experience that I have ever had in my life. It was very painful to Lori and I, those four years. And when I came here 16 years ago, I was wounded because of what I went through. Now, I came to a wounded church 16 years ago. So, so you were wounded and I was wounded. And we've healed together, haven't we? But I'm going to tell you something. I, I know for a fact, if you were to say to me, George... Would you want to go through that again, what you experienced in Canada? I'm a, and I, I would be a fool. You would say, you're nuts. Let's take him to the mental health unit. If I said, yes, that's great, I would do that. No, I don't want to ever experience I don't want to go through that pain again. But I'm going to tell you right now, 16 years later, I look back at it and see that it was through that pain God did a work in my life to prepare me to come to here. Through that experience in Canada, God opened some other doors for my involvement in things for the gospel. Do I want to go through that again? Never! But you look beyond the suffering to God's work in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you are going through some things right now. You're going through it. You're under it. You are in the midst of it. You don't know why, why, why. You're not going to know why, but later on you'll know why. God will use what happens to you for his purpose in your life. That's the first thing we see here from Paul's life. Let's look at the second thing. Look with me at verse 13. So that it became evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. Here's what I want you to see. Paul recognized that how he endured his suffering impacted others. See, if you're going to have a new perspective, you need to recognize that how you go through what you go through impacts others, especially if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. How you go through what you go through. Now, let me just stop because that can be twisted. That can be twisted, and I've heard it twisted. Somebody who goes through something really devastating, they try to be strong, they try, because I'm a testimony to other people. No, no, be real. You want to cry? Cry. But what impacts people is your reliance on God rather than yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the strength you seek from God rather than yourself. And so the people around you, especially those who are not believers, they expect you to Face life as everybody else faces it. And if they expect you to cry when you cry. They expect you to be angry when you, when you need to be angry. They expect you to be devastated. But what they don't expect is the inner strength that you find from God to help you face one 
day at a time because of what you went through. Paul said, my testimony has even had an impact on the palace guard. Who's the palace guard? That's the private army of the emperor. Here's a prisoner. They're watching a prisoner and they're observing him. They're observing his faith, even in spite of what he's going through, even in spite of the accusations, and they're impacted. And the point of the passage is is that even some of them are coming to Jesus because of how he's handling it. Paul recognized that he endured his suffering with others. So here's the principle. Here's the principle. Living beneath the surface recognizes that others are looking to see the reality of faith in your suffering. Living beneath the surface recognizes that others are looking to see the reality of faith in your suffering. Because here's the thing. We'll tell people, oh, I go to church, or oh, I'm a believer. But when stuff happens, do you act like them? And what I mean by that is not that you respond emotionally like them, but are you finding your strength in God or not? Because a lot of them aren't. Here's the third thing I want you to see from his life. And this is a reality. Look with me. Verse 14. He said, And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He understood that his endurance gave strength, gave others strength in their lives. He understood that his endurance gave others strength in their lives. Hey, listen, folks, you may not be aware of it, but I need to tell you this. You're being watched. When you go through what you go through, you're being watched. Who's watching me? Family. Especially if you're a Christian, especially unsafe family. They want to see, if is this really real with you? Other Christians, other Christians. Now, that's not saying that you should be putting on a show because other people are looking at you. No, but if you're living beneath the surface, walking with Christ the way you be walking, it's going to come out of you naturally, and you're going to strengthen other people's lives because of what you're going through. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to strengthen other people's lives because of what you're going through. Paul, in spite of all of what he's going through, in spite of him being in prison, his being in prison actually strengthened the other Christians around him to share their faith. You would have thought that maybe it would have the opposite effect, that they wouldn't share their faith because they're afraid of being in prison themselves. But no, actually, it actually encouraged them to be bold in sharing their faith. So here's the principle. Living beneath the surface understands that your perseverance will encourage others. You'll remember somebody. You'll remember somebody's faith when they went through something. And it'll be an encouragement to you. See, living beneath the surface understands that. Here's the next point. 
Point number four. And this is a sad reality, even in church. Look with me at verse 15 through 17. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not, sin- not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. I want you to focus on the negative aspect of what he's saying there. Listen to this. He recognized his suffering allowed some to add to his struggles. Paul, as he was in prison, he didn't just encourage people to share the gospel. He had some folks that were purposely trying to add to his affliction. They were purposely saying things in order for him to struggle more. You and I got to come to grips with that. If you're going to live beneath the surface, you and I have to come to grips that not everybody's going to be supportive. Do you hear me? We'd like to think that's true in church, but it's not. What are you talking about, George? Well, you won't believe how many times I've heard through the years, and if I hear it, I choose to rebuke it. But I'll hear people say, when somebody goes through a devastating thing, when somebody, for instance, has a car accident, and and their means of transportation that gets them to where they need to go to get their job, I'll hear some, quote, I'm using quotes here, well-meaning Christian, in quotes, say, I wonder what they did that caused God to punish them. What's the insinuation? Let me tell you what the insinuation is. The insinuation is is that they're suffering because they did something wrong. And let me just tell you the way it is. It's always shared in a way that it always gets back to the person who's suffering. Why? And what does it do? Does it encourage them? No. It actually adds to their what? Suffering. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've seen that more times in Bible-believing churches than anything. I'm going to tell you something, unsafe people don't act like that. Christians do. You could be at a workplace, somebody has an accident, everybody's like, are they okay? Are they doing all right? I never hear anybody say, I wonder what they did wrong. Never heard that in an unsaved world, but I hear it in a church. In Paul's situation, he's preaching the gospel, he's in prison, and he's got people adding to his affliction. Here's the principle you need to understand. If you're going to deal with suffering, if you're going to have a new perspective on suffering, you need to recognize this. Living beneath the surface, recognize that there, are all, there will always be others who will add to your pain. You just need to recognize that. There will always be others who will add to your pain. And I'm sorry to say, folks, that they name the name of Jesus as their Savior. Whoa, you're being rough, George. You better believe it. 
Because what did I just tell you? We live in a world where stuff happens and bad stuff happens. And it happens to everyone, right? None of us are exempt. What if we all went around to each other and you came in here and you're like, oh, you know, George, I got pneumonia. What did you do wrong? Oh, my engine blew up. What did you do wrong? Nobody would come to church anymore. Thankfully, we're not like that, but we do have some who are. I'm not saying we, hopefully, hopefully we have nobody like that in our church. But we have a greater Christian community, and you'll hear it. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Look with me at verse 18. He said, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice. Yes, will rejoice. What's he saying here? He's talking about those who are sharing, whether out of encouragement or whether to add to his pain. He's excited that the God's work is going through, and he rejoices. You would think that in the midst of what he's going through, he wouldn't rejoice. In fact, we could say, Paul, you've got an excuse. You don't have to be joyful. You're in prison. But he is. Here's the point I want you to see from Paul. Paul was still able to still find joy in the midst of his suffering. He was able to still find joy in the midst of his suffering. If anybody didn't, if anybody had an excuse not to, if anybody had an excuse to have a pity party, it would be Paul, right? But he still chose, look at what he's choosing to do. He's still choosing to find joy. See, this is what I want you to see if you want to write this down. Finding joy is a choice. If you're going to live beneath the surface, finding joy is is a choice. So here's the principle. Living beneath the surface finds joy in Jesus in the midst of your mind-blowing struggles. Living beneath the surface finds joy in Jesus in the midst of your mind-blowing struggles. And they are mind-blowing, aren't they? They are. I mean, nobody sits around and says, okay, 2017, this is what I expect to happen. I expect to get laid off. I expect to get fired. I expect the bill collectors to come and repossess my house. I expect to be falsely accused of something. I expect for this problem. I expect this health issue. Do you sit around and plan out your year that way? No, we make New Year's resolutions about what we expect good to happen. Nobody sits around and predicts bad things, right? But the bad things happen. And when they happen, they're mind-blowing. Like, how in the world did this happen? How in the world could this continue to happen? I thought we were over this. And it just blows your mind. Listen, living beneath the surface still finds joy in Jesus in the midst of your mind-blowing stuff. Why? Because you realize that no matter what happens out here, I still have Jesus. I still have Jesus. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.